Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, should you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. You are allowed, should you wish, to call. You can follow me on social media, get my email, get the podcast, all that by texting Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Uh, um, by the way, I was notified that the cinnamon roll recipe did not actually transmit yesterday. I got to figure out what went on there. I will get it for you uh, as soon as I get off the show. Um, push out cinnamon, so you can do it this weekend. Uh, so I, I got to, there are several things I got to talk about. And some of them I forgot I was having Josh on. And, and so I, I put stuff off. But uh, let me talk about this subject real quick. We can call this a hodgepodge or something with some of the stuff, but I, I I wanted to talk about this the other day and I didn't get there and I need to. The Trump Organization issue. If you haven't heard, I assume you have, a Manhattan jury found two Trump Organization companies guilty on multiple charges of tax fraud and falsifying business records. A 15-year scheme to defraud tax authorities by failing to report and pay taxes on compensation for trust uh, top executives. It was the Trump Corporation and Trump Payroll Corporation found guilty. Um, Donald Trump wasn't charged. Neither were any members of his family. The uh, uh, accountant, the CFO for the company, was the star witness. Essentially what was happening is members of the company were being given bonuses off the books and those bonuses were not then covered in taxes. So it was tax fraud. They were getting cars or school tuitions paid and things like that. And uh, taxes weren't being paid as a taxable benefit. So, for example, um, I every year give my employees of my company bonuses and it goes in their payroll. And so if I give, say, a $1,000 bonus, it's not a $1,000. Um, it's a thousand dollars and then you take tax on it unless you're in a situation where, uh, you put so much in. So for example, this year, uh, one employee, I wanted to be able to cover the cost of him and his family getting to see his family for Christmas and they needed an X dollars in airfare. So I gave a bonus that after taxes would amount to him still having that available cash to be able to plan his trip. The Trump organization was not paying the taxes on that, which is tax fraud, and they got in trouble. Trump himself did not. There is a point here to be made. And, you know, if people are going to claim when I say what I say that I'm somewhat justifying this or saying he should have been able to get away with it and things like that, I'm not. I'm just pointing out, had Donald Trump not run for president, he probably could have gotten away with this for the rest of his life. Doesn't make it right. He's gotten, his company's gotten caught. He himself not, his company has. But all of this comes about because Donald Trump ran for president of the United States and was an extremely polarizing figure in the process. Part of it, if we're honest, and a lot of people can't be, part of it, if we are honest, is because it was Donald Trump who won. It doesn't matter if January 6th happened or not. A lot of the people who came after Donald Trump came after him before that. 
they now retroactively say, well, January 6th is what caused us to want to do this, but they were starting these investigations before then. Donald Trump beat the machine. And the machine has struck back. And it's just, you know, and I tie this into uh, whether it's it's Herschel Walker or whether it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, whether it's Jesse Ventura or, or you name the celebrity, there are a ton of people who can live life, get away with things in life until the moment they take a political position that alienates them from half the country. And then there's hell to pay for that person. And in particular, if they take a position that is of the right, it's not just that they alienate half the country, it's that they alienate the culturally influential half of the country that can move heaven and earth to destroy that person. Not justifying what Trump did or what his organization did, they broke the law. A jury has found them, and based on the evidence, and by the way, the CFO of the company admitting it, yes, they were breaking the law. But they could have gotten away with it. Had he not run for office, had he died a celebrity TV star who was known for firing people on camera, all of this would have been forgiven and forgotten, and he could have hung out on the cocktail circuit with these people, and they would have loved him. But instead, he beat Hillary Clinton and did so from the right and realigned policy against them. And frankly, if we are deeply honest about it, his administration was not that far off a regular Republican's administration. And in fact, in some cases, might not have been as effective as a run-of-the-mill Republican organization but was or presidential administration, but was still pretty effective. And they hate him for it because of who he is an outsider of poor character who rubbed their noses in the fact that they were no better than he was. I mean, it's, I keep going back to, and I mentioned before that Dave Chappelle uh, stand-up routine from Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago where he said the most remarkable thing about Donald Trump is that, in Chappelle's words, he was an honest liar. He stood on stage when Hillary Clinton talked about how good and virtuous things were and says, nope, the system's rigged. Uh, I am rich because I played a part of the system. And you want me to pay my taxes, but your tax code is arranged so that your friends don't have to pay taxes. And I'm not going to pay my taxes either because you don't want your friends to pay taxes and you're not going to fix the system. And we all know it's so, and he dared to say so. He said the most audaciously true things while also taking advantage of the system. Part of the other bit of that was Chappelle saying, you know, essentially he would come outside and say, yeah, in the house right now, there's cheating going on. I want you all to know the cheating is going on. They've rigged the deck against you, the American people. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got to go back inside and participate in it. And people liked the fact he was willing to admit that what we all suspected was going on was going on. But the political machine of Washington could not abide an outsider like Donald Trump winning, even if the policies he gave us as president were pretty run-of-the-mill for a Republican president. He was still polarizing in personal ways. They did not like having their nose rubbed in it on either side of the aisle, and um, they're out to get him, and particularly the Democrats are out to get him, and because of January 6th, even more so. I have a belief, I have a theory It is unfalsifiable because it can never be tested. I have a theory 
that had Donald Trump come out after January 6th and all of that and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to retire at Mar-a-Lago. You Republicans let me down. You didn't fight for me. I'm no longer going to fight for you. I'm going to retire to Mar-a-Lago. Come see me if you love me. Everything would have gone away. If they didn't think you were still a threat to the system, the Democrats would have left him alone. But instead, dollar by dollar, brick by brick, piece by piece, they intend to destroy Donald Trump. And now they have a new reason to continue the hounding of Donald Trump because they know there is a sizable portion of the Republican Party that will circle the wagons and defend him to the grave and will back him at all costs in defense to a man who is loyal to them. And you can't blame the loyalty of those who feel Donald Trump was loyal to them. But the Democrats realize that that could keep the Republican Party fractured in such a way that they can't move to someone new. And so now with gusto, with fire in their belly, with a renewed invigoration of hounding Donald Trump, they will pursue him at all costs in every direction possible to keep a portion of the Republican Party feeling sorry for him or or in need of defending him so that the GOP itself stays fractured. They've got a political reason now to do it. In the past, they, they were mad at him. They feared him. They thought he really was toxic to democracy. And now they're thinking, you know what? Every time we attack him, the Republican Party circles the wagons around him. It's very clear now that voters have moved on from him. So if we can keep the Republican Party stuck on Trump, we can keep voters stopped from voting for Trump like candidates. We can win. It's all become very political now. And it's smart politics, frankly. I mean, we just got through an election cycle that should have been a banner year for the GOP. No president of Joe Biden's popularity has ever won an election like Joe Biden. And since 1932, when Franklin Roosevelt was president, no president has seen a law, has seen the Senate held. Uh, Joe Biden and FDR are the only two presidents who have managed to hold all of the Senate seats that were up for an election in a midterm. Even Donald Trump didn't do that. George W. Bush didn't do that in 2002, even as he made good gains. This is a first for a sitting president since FDR. And a lot of Republicans voted Democrat because they couldn't tolerate the Republican candidates. And a lot of Republicans chose to stay home. Yes, in fact, in Georgia, there were a lot of Republicans who voted for Raphael Warnock, but there were a whole lot of Republicans who refused to vote at all. They weren't going to vote for Herschel Walker, and they sure as hell weren't going to vote for Raphael Warnock. So they set it out. And that's fine. That helps the Democrats. But I just, it's, I don't know. I, I don't even know what adjective I'm looking for, for here or, or what word I'm looking for. I, I don't know that I feel sorry for him. I, I, I Is it empathy? Is it sympathy? Is it is it what? That had the man not run for president, none of this would have happened. His company was breaking the law, a jury says. His CFO was the star witness admitting that they were doing these sorts of things. No one would have ever known had he not run for president. He exposed himself, made himself vulnerable, beat the machine, and there's always hell to pay when you beat the machine. They have come for him. 
And I don't know that they'll get him. But they don't have to get him. They can get all the stuff around him, and that'll hurt him. It's just, it, it is a remarkable story that one day, 100, 200 years from now, I think historians are going to be deeply fascinated by this guy ran for president who no one thought could win. He won. He beat them at their own game. And so they decided to pursue him to the ends of the earth to make sure he could never do it again, rightly or wrongly. It doesn't matter. In, in, in this particular instance, it really doesn't matter. The tale of this, the story of this, is that Donald Trump ran for office, beat them at their own game, and they decided they had to destroy him because of it. They suspected there was something wrong, and they dug until they found it so he could never run again. It doesn't justify what he did. I make no excuses for any crimes that might have been committed. But I also think, had he been a regular, rote Republican politician who got all the policies Donald Trump got enacted, and by the way, there are a lot of Republicans who would have done the things Trump did. It's a myth to say he was the only one. No, no, there were others who would have. There were others who could have. There were others who would have taken the same policies and put them in place. But because it was Trump and not them, they got beat by a celebrity. And don't you know the celebrities are supposed to be on their side? It's just like how the left is turned on Facebook, Meta, because Mark Zuckerberg is a billionaire Silicon Valley guy. He's supposed to be one of them. And because he's not, Facebook meta must be destroyed. Because Donald Trump is a celebrity who is made famous on NBC television, he's supposed to be one of theirs. And because he's not, he's got to be destroyed. This is the celebrity equivalent of what they do to black candidates who are Republicans. Blacks, voters, and candidates are supposed to be Democrats. And when they're not, the Democrats will stop at nothing to destroy them more savagely than any run-of-the-mill white Republican politician. Donald Trump, he's a celebrity. That means he's a Democrat. And when he's not, they do this. They got to destroy him. Chris Pratt of Guardians of the Galaxy is a Christian. He's open about his faith. So they suspect he's one of us. And so they hate him on the left. He's never come out and taken strong political stands except for the mayor of Los Angeles that a ton of celebrities were backing. But they suspect because he's open about his faith, he's got to be one of us. And so the Hollywood circuit and all, they really genuinely despise him because of it. You're not allowed to be a conservative celebrity without being marginalized. And Donald Trump was. And so all of the cultural critics and the DAs and the like, they got to destroy him. I'm not saying what he did was right. What I am saying was, if he had a D next to his name, he could have gotten away with all of it. A friend of mine and I were discussing Bull and Branch sheets the other night when he was sitting on the front porch with me, and he didn't believe that they got softer and softer every time you washed them. His wife was not convinced at all. She figured it was all marketing hype. Now she wants Bull and Branch sheets for all of their beds at home. Why? Because they really do get softer every time you wash them. They're free of toxins, pesticides, harsh chemicals at every step of the process. They're the finest 100% organic cotton on earth. They're made by artisans who earn the 
the pay and the respect they deserve. And right now, you can bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with Bowl and Branch Bedding. Their signature sheets even come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. It's going to look good. It's going to feel great. For a limited time, get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC at BowlandBranch.com. That's BowlandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. Promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlandBranch.com. Hello there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I want to go to Roger. Roger, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, doing great. Very blessed. Glad I could get past your call screener and talk to you. Uh, concerning Christmas, our, our holy day, it's mass is a suffix, which means festival, festival of, or celebration of the noun which it is attached to, which is Christ. Just wondering why we've not pronounced it Christ Mass for all our lives. The left has been trying to take Christ out of Christ Mass for years, and this is something the Holy Spirit showed me like 10 years ago. Well, so the reason actually has to do with uh, where it comes from and the phraseology from uh, uh, Christ in Germany as opposed to Christ in the pronunciation into English. Uh, from the way the Germanic languages would say it. Uh, I get your point. It, it's a mass for Christ, Christ's mass, a shortened, shortened form of it. Um, but uh, given that English is derived from Germanic languages and it's Christ there, it becomes, if you really wanted it, it would be Noelmus. Um, but we're, <laughs> we're, that gets very complicated, does it not? So... We stick with Christmas. Um, if you want to say Christmas, God bless you. But um, I'll stick with Christmas in the same way we don't say Christians. We say Christians. Um, we'll say Christmas. Now, I will tell you that, um, as I mentioned the other day, we there are a lot of people out there who think that Christmas is on December 25th because of of these celebrations of the Roman pagans. And actually there's there's pretty good evidence that Christmas on December 25th was set um, nine months after March 25th because March 25th had been by Tertullian the um, setting of Jesus's conception date uh, and death date. Uh, the early Christians carried over some of Jewish mystical ideas that a prophet was born or conceived and died on the same day. So if Jesus was conceived with Mary and the Holy Spirit on, on March 25th, that's the day he died. So you find the day he died, you find the conception date, you go forward nine months, well, you land on December 25th. That that was um, seems to be actually more why. And then the Romans took Saul Invictus, the Feast of the Unconquered Son, Christians were referring to him as the son of God, and they planted it during Aurelian's uh, tenure as emperor on December 25th and said, see, see, that's who the Christians are um, paying attention to. That's who they're worshiping. It's it's our pagan god. He's not actually the Jewish god. And, well, that didn't go over so well. Now, when we come back, let's talk about the trust in government collapsing around us. There are a number of stories out there, including the FTX stuff, the shooting in Colorado, uh, a cartel hitman who's gone missing in Florida, the election stuff. We are headed towards a, a national crisis in trust of government. 
everything around us falling, failing, collapsing. Um, it's something to think about. I'll take your phone calls as well. 877-973-7425 should you wish to be a part of the program. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They've built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I want to talk about the failures of government and the collapse of trust. But before I do that, I got phone calls. I want to take phone calls. Uh, I wish to begin with Vivian. Welcome to the show, Vivian. How are you? I'm fine, Eric. I enjoy your show every time I listen to it. And I just wanted to say, uh, when you mentioned that, you know, people are losing trust in government. Uh, I think they've been disappointed basically about what had happened in 2020. That that really turned things crazy. But Donald Trump uh, was an excellent president, and I believe he was chosen to, to take the position that he had taken. I think that when he when when the term was all over, even though he felt that he you know that he. It was wrong. It, it was taken from him. I think he should have just just backed off and, 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 and just let everything go. But we know it didn't happen that way. Uh, because God has a way of, if you are supposed to be back in that position, he knows how to put you back there. Now, as far as Mike Pence is concerned, I believe that Mike Pence will be an excellent president, and I believe that he will run. Uh, he is, he's, he's the best choice for this country. Uh, he's set on President uh, Trump, and I, oh. a lot of the values that he had, that Trump had, I think they shared together, but I believe that he would be the perfect person for this position, because I don't think that Donald Trump would get another opportunity. I, I'm really, I really hope, I wish that he could, but I don't think that he would. I have to tell you, Vivian, Mike Pence has been a longtime dear friend of mine and my family. Um, I don't have a, an ill word to say about the guy. I just, I, I love him and his wife, Karen, dearly. They are constantly praying for my wife. Um, it, it's not a political friendship. It's an, a real meaningful friendship I have with the guy. And he would be a fantastic president. Uh, I don't know whether he runs or not. I think he wants to. I don't have insider knowledge. I'm inviting him to our gathering in Atlanta next year to be with us to talk about these things. Um, I, but here, here's my sense. I, I think Donald Trump would be eligible for four more years. A lot of Republican voters seem ready to move on. 
if those voters who are not ready to move on vote, I don't know why they go with the vice president as opposed to the president. And for voters who are ready to move on, I don't know why they go with Trump's right hand or Trump. So it puts Pence in a difficult position, and he's got to thread that needle there. Uh, I will say this. He has made and continues to make an invaluable contribution to the intellectual firepower of the right. Um, Let me just tell you, uh, let me just say this about Mike Pence. Because I just, I, I care about the man deeply. Regardless of what happens in the future to the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence has been a consistent intellectual voice for the right. He's been a thought leader for the right. Uh, He is a committed Christian who wears his faith on his sleeve, is uh, unapologetic about being a man of faith. When I was younger and started out this website, Red State, three friends of mine started it. I get credit all the time for starting it. There's really three friends of mine started it and they put me in charge of it. I got a book in the mail from someone I had no idea who this person was, a guy from Indiana who was a congressman named Mike Pence. And he sent me a copy of Russell Kirk's book, The Conservative Mind, with a note inside that said, if if you're going to be a voice for the right, you need to know the history of the right. You need to be sure what you believe. And it struck me as this is a man who is profoundly committed to ideas and to a cause that is greater than himself. And I just, I think the world tremendously of Mike and Karen Pence. Uh, They are dear, wonderful people and prayer warriors for my family. I don't know what the future holds for him, uh, but I know he holds God so close to him that um, his heart is in the right place, his head is in the right place, and he's the sort of person we should want in government. Now, uh, back to the phones. Debbie, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey there, Eric. I want to tell you I enjoy your show. I read your emails faithfully all day long and send them to family and friends. Thank but you. But I just want to talk briefly about the hearings. And if, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But, you know, I kind of got the impression that you didn't think the House should really go into any investigations with the committees on the laptop and the Biden so-called crime family. And I'm a junkie on um, these hearings, you know, going back to Bill Clinton and um, Clarence Thomas and Kavanaugh. I like to get my information firsthand and I think it's important and it'll restore a lot of faith in the system. If we could actually see things play out and not, turn the other cheek and let the FBI and the DOJ handle these things because they haven't done a really good job of it up to this, up to this time. Well, they, they definitely have not done a good job. So here's my, here's my thinking. And I I think because of my hostility to how they handled it, people interpreted it as I was opposed altogether. I'm not opposed altogether to them investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. What I was deeply opposed to was them announcing it as their very first investigation after not having the election go the way they wanted and the American people signaling very clearly in how they voted that they want adults in the room ready to move forward, uh, doing as your first announced investigation, we're going to investigate the Biden crime family. 
uh, when we've got an economy in disarray, gas prices all over the place, uh, the world at war in Ukraine and all of that and the border situation, it wasn't a good signal to send that we're going to enter a new era of revenge politics as opposed to cleaning up. If you want to investigate, investigate it, but like announce it as like the second or the third hearing. Their, their second hearing that they announced was they're going to investigate what happened at the border. Uh, their third investigation now is going to be um, Biden and environmentalist collusion on energy. They probably should have put those two first. But I also think there's a way to handle it that scores maximum points from what they did. If they do it as you, you, your words were the Biden crime family thing, uh, we're Biden crime family, which, which I love the phrasing there. It looks like it is revenge politics, and there will be a number of Americans just because of the way they, their disposition is. It will look off-putting to them. It will look revenge to them. However, they can do the same investigation with the same information and the same targets of the information, but instead say. We're investigating how it was members of the national security uh, community decided the Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. How is it all of them so quickly arrived at the same conclusion that we now know is not false? So then your investigation is really about the deep state and the coordination among talking heads to discredit it, while at the same time, you're also pulling in, wait a second, there does appear to be some ties to China. Wait a second. There does appear to be emails that that suggest Hunter Biden was paying Joe Biden money in his double dealings. All of it becomes deeply relevant, but it's far less likely to be dismissed by the public when you're not approaching it head on, we're going after the Bidens. Instead, you're going after this information was legitimate and our national security apparatus said it wasn't. What happened to get them to do that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So like I said, I didn't know if I misinterpreted that, but I think if we could go about that. But another question, you said one, two, and three as far as what they're going to be looking at. Different committees, right? So can they not do them? All at the yeah, same so, time? Yes, or? that's a good point. Um, there are different committees handling them, but the Government Reform Committee and the Government Oversight Committee handles most of the investigation. So Jim Jordan, for example, his Justice Judiciary Committee will investigate the border and the Oversight Committee will investigate Hunter Biden. Together, both of the committees have jurisdiction over the intelligence community and the Justice Department, and so they should be doing a joint investigation. And there will be other committees, like the Foreign Affairs Committee will investigate the Ukraine one. Um, my position, though, is when your banner headline after the election is uh, Republicans decide to investigate Joe Biden, as opposed to Republicans decide to investigate where all the money went in Ukraine, you're distracting the American people the day after the election, as opposed to saying, oh, we actually have some serious people here who aren't just going to do the same thing the Democrats did. Um, I just I think they handled the message badly. And again, I, I don't care if they want to investigate the Biden family. I'm kind of curious about some of the statements in the email from Hunter Biden about his dad. But I think you immediately cause a significant portion of the American public to tune it out by making it look like revenge politics as opposed to dealing with it by another angle that makes it seem far more legit and not just based on petty politics of revenge. Now, let's get to government trust. It appears FTX, 
the uh, crypto exchange run by Sam Bankman Freed is being investigated for manipulating the markets of cryptocurrencies that led to their collapse. Uh, ironically, it appears that, uh, according to the New York Times, FTX manipulated the cryptocurrency markets to wipe out a couple of cryptocurrencies. And in the process, uh, this Terra USD and Luna, uh, and in the process caused the cascading effects that ultimately led to FTX's bankruptcy. They were arrogant and possibly manipulated markets in addition to all the crime stuff. And the House committee, Financial Services Committee, led by Maxine Waters, has announced they're not going to subpoena FTX. What is remarkable here is that uh, Bankman-Fried has not agreed to voluntarily subpoena. They kind of begged him to do it, and he's not going to do it after giving all these interviews with people, and now they're like, yeah, we're not going to dig. I, I, You know and I know the Democrats are going to dig or the Republicans are going to dig. The lack of curiosity or movement by the Democrats, though, is kind of surprising. On top of that, the government itself slow walking this, being unclear on this. One of the issues is that Bankman Freed has done all these interviews saying that, well, he really was just in over his head. It wasn't fraud. Uh, He's allowing himself to build up some level of defense, and the government's not responding in any way. And we kind of need the government to come out and say, yeah, we actually are looking into this. Because people really do think at this point that he's being given a pass because he was such a financial donor to democratic causes. And the government needs to be clear on this. But there's more related to trust of government, and this one caught my eye. Anderson Lee Aldrich is the shooter at the gay club in Colorado Springs. It turns out in June of 2021, he committed an incident that should have prevented him from being able to buy guns. And it slipped through the cracks. Just like the Texas church shooter who had been dishonorably discharged from the Air Force and the Air Force never updated the national database. So he was able to buy a gun, even though he should have failed the background check. I want to read this for you. Let me just read you. This is from the Associated Press. Anderson Lee Aldrich loaded bullets into a Glock pistol and chugged vodka, ominously warning frightened grandparents not to stand in the way of an elaborate plan to stockpile guns, ammo, and body on armor, and a homemade bomb to become the next mass killer. You guys die today, and I'm taking you with me, they quoted Aldrich as saying. I'm loaded and ready. So began a day of terror Aldrich unleashed in June of 2021 that according to sealed law enforcement documents verified by the Associated Press, brought a SWAT team and the bomb squad to a normally quiet Colorado Springs neighborhood, forced the grandparents to flee for their lives, and prompted the evacuation of 10 nearby homes to escape a possible bomb blast. It culminated in a standoff that the then 21-year-old live-streamed on Facebook showing Aldrich in tactical gear inside the mother's home and threatening officers outside. If they breach, um, blow it to holy hell before finally surrendering. But charges against Aldrich for the actions that day were dropped for reasons the district attorney has refused to explain. 
due to the case being sealed. And there was no record showing guns were seized under Colorado's red flag law with similarly no explanation from the sheriff. How was this guy able to buy an AR-15 to go into Club Q and kill five people in Wound 17, given the story? How did it happen? These sorts of stories are not stories to advocate for gun control. They're stories to advocate cleaning up government. They're stories that necessarily need to clean up government. Um, somebody got to do something to fix our government. People are losing trust in it. And this is another reminder that the government is not going to come save you. You need to be able to save yourself. You need to be able to defend yourself. And more gun control will prevent you from doing that when we have people like this who slip through the radar because of government incompetence. Again, it's not a story. This is not a story about needing gun control. This is a story about someone who should not have been able to buy a gun given the circumstances, and now there's some cover-up ensuing, so we don't really know why there was a screw-up that allowed him to do this. Keep that in mind the next time someone tells you the government can help you. One group that can help you is Patriot Mobile. They can give you good discount cell service, great price, great service, guaranteed coverage on the same cell towers everyone else uses and then take a portion of their profits and give it to the conservative causes you care about. Whether it's the Second Amendment, whether it's the pro-life movement, whether it's conservative candidates fighting woke school board members, Patriot Mobile can help you. What you do is you go to patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can click on their coverage map and see all the way down to your house how strong the signal is. They got 5G, they got data, they got voice. They can even take your existing cell phone number and port it over to them. It is patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. They got 100% U.S.-based customer service. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation. They have incredible discounts. They're a great company. patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. I'm actually in the recipe site right now fixing the 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 um, cinnamon roll recipe. It should have gone out. Um, looks like I forgot to check some boxes that uh, needed to be checked. So I'm going to push out here very shortly the cinnamon roll recipe. Uh, this is, it's not a hard recipe if you pay attention to the directions. Listen, I did it. I Look, I know how to cook, but it's because I know how to follow directions. And if you follow the directions, it's a really great recipe. People love them. When they make them, it becomes a family tradition, kind of like my gravy. So if you want it, text recipe to 33777. Uh, not recipes, plural, just recipe. And I will push this out here in a few minutes uh, when I can check the boxes and get everything done. Uh, really what you do is you make a sweet uh, dough recipe and you let it rise overnight, and then the next morning you just roll it out, put cinnamon sugar on, roll it up, let them rise a little bit after you've cut them in the oven, and you bake them, and they are incredible. What I want to try, a friend of mine suggested I try it with brown sugar and a little cocoa powder, and I might experiment with that. Uh, and then another friend of mine told me I should use Nutella, but I, I'm not crazy about Nutella. I'm just, I'm not a big hazelnut guy. It's fine, but... I'd rather chocolate, like real chocolate. So we'll see. We'll try. Uh, experiment time over Christmas. How about that as I come back for some recipes? Um, okay. Uh, I am out of time. Tomorrow, obviously, it'll be a free free for all tomorrow on the phone. You'll call about more stuff. 
Uh, Josh Youssef is going to join me again to talk about Southeast Asia. They've got some cool projects going on there. Uh, if you're interested in helping help the persecuted, you can text the word donate to 33777 and help uh, persecuted people of faith around the world, particularly persecuted Christians in the Middle East. And you guys have a great rest of the day. I will talk to you tomorrow.